This is Radio Ukraine International with the weekly program Ukraine Global, written by Viktoria Krukova, presented by Vera Kravchenko and produced by Irina Samsonova. Radio Ukraine International invites listeners to Ukraine Global, a program offering insight into important developments in and around Ukraine and analyzing their global dimension in studio discussions with experts, government officials and public figures. This edition of Ukraine Global is about the Kherson region. How could people who found themselves under occupation escape? What did they experience? How hard is life for those Ukrainians who remained in the occupied region? And why do they believe that the region will eventually be liberated from the occupiers? Since they occupied the Kherson region in early March, Russian troops have kept it isolated and cut off from essential supplies and Ukrainian cell phone and internet services. The Russian tricolor flag is displayed at most of the administrative buildings. An intended referendum is meant to make Kherson part of Russia, at least in the Kremlin's eyes. The armed occupying forces patrol the streets, while the blasts of artillery shells crashing in the distance can be heard daily, signs of the ongoing fight between the Russian and Ukrainian forces. Stores and pharmacies are closed, and people don't have access to money while their local Ukrainian banks and ATMs are not operating. There are markets with goods sold out of car trunks a scene one woman likened to the days after the fall of the Soviet Union. Supplies of medicines such as insulin and saline solution, which is used in everything from cleaning wounds to storing contact lenses, are critically low, she and others said. Ukrainian troops are now in closer proximity to Kherson as fighting is heating up after a series of successful counter-offensive operations. According to the Institute for the Study of War, Kherson is critical terrain because it is the only area of Ukraine in which Russian forces hold ground on the west bank of the Dnipro River. If Russia is able to retain a strong lodgment in Kherson when fighting stops, it will be in a very strong position from which to launch a future invasion. If Ukraine regains Kherson, on the other hand, Ukraine will be in a much stronger position to defend itself against future Russian attacks. The area is of huge importance to Moscow. The Russian-occupied part of the Kherson region includes the port city of Kherson, whose population was about 300,000 before the war, and the 250-mile-long northern Crimean Canal, which was the main source of water for Crimea until Russia annexed the peninsula in 2014. Novakakhovka, a city in the central part of the Kherson region, is an important port city on the Dnipro and the Kakhovka Reservoir. The city is currently occupied by Russian forces. Anastasia Larina decided to flee from her native city Novakakhovka right after Russian troops invaded the Kherson region, but she had to live under occupation for 41 days. Anastasia told Radio Ukraine's Viktoria Krukova that she kept a diary from the first days of the Russian invasion. What she wrote down now looks like a story of hunger, anger and fear. My hometown, it is uh, Novakahovka. It became a like, collection point for Russian soldiers and uh, Russian equipment from the first day of the invasion. My closest relatives, all except my uncle from Kahovka, they drove uh, in their cars, uh, like in 
unknown directions. They uh, left their home and everything. They took a little bit of clothes and ran away. My uncle called me in the evening of the first day and said that Russian flags are hanging all over the city. Columns of tanks were moving towards Kherson. From the first day we understood the rule. The one who has a car and fuel has a chance to run, said Anastasia. She lived in a bomb shelter for a month. In the beginning there were about a hundred people there. And then there remained only 30 to 35. Nastya slept in a basement on a wooden board and found a box of expensive chocolate that created an illusion of happiness. Before the invasion, she was one of the organizers of the famous Ukrainian theatre festival Melpamin Tavria. It is one of the biggest theatre festivals in Ukraine. Now she continues her work remotely in Kyiv. With her colleagues' help and the government's support, she organized Melpamin Tavria 2022 online and offline on the Ukrainian-controlled territory. You know, I always dreamed to live abroad, but I always wanted to have some house in my native town in Novakahovka, and I always wanted to have an opportunity to come back there, because it is the best place in the world, said Anastasia. The girl believes that Novakahovka is the best and most beautiful city in the world. It reminds her of the French Riviera. Control of Kherson also gives the Russians a key land bridge from their military bases in Crimea along Ukraine's eastern Siovazov coastline into mainland Russia. The Russian military don't allow people in Kherson to leave the occupied area and move north towards Krivirih. Some people still manage to break through back roads, but it's a perilous drive. Others try to exit northeast to Zaporizhia, a trip that would typically take five hours, but can now stretch to a week because of holdups at checkpoints. There is often shelling along the route that also causes delays. Vyacheslav Lichohub, a resident of Skadovsk, another port city in the Kherson region, spent almost two months under Russian occupation before he managed to flee. He told Radio Ukraine's Viktoria Krukova about what he had witnessed and lived through. I came to Skadovsk February 23rd. The next day, we with my sister had to go to Lviv, but it was too late. We spent under occupation one and a half months. When Russian came to the town, they started to examine documents in administration buildings and look for a weapon owned by civilians. One day they kidnapped the major of the town and people came to the central square demanding freeing him, but rally was dispersed by militaries. However, the same day the major of the city was freed, said Vyacheslav. <laughs> You're listening to Ukraine Global, a program offering insight into important developments in and around Ukraine. This edition of Ukraine Global is about the Kherson region. How could people who found themselves under occupation escape? What did they experience? How hard is life for those Ukrainians who remained in the occupied region? And why do they believe that the region will eventually be liberated from the occupiers? The journalists of the Kherson Regional Editorial Office of Ukrainian Radio reported that the Kherson region continues to be at the forefront of Ukrainian events. This region may become a turning point in the history of this great war between Russia and Ukraine. 
When the citizens of the Kherson region meet and discuss the situation in the region, they talk about the deoccupation of their native area. They say they need to hear more of these explosions because everyone is waiting for Kherson and the region to be deoccupied. In turn, the invaders became more nervous. There is information that they are already taking out their families, which they brought to Kherson. There is also information that the Russian command in Kherson has already moved to the other side of the city because they are afraid of the offensive of the Ukrainian armed forces, said Radio Ukraine's journalist. The occupiers suffer from the attacks of the Ukrainian armed forces, but continue to bring equipment and military personnel to the territory of the Kherson region, and they do not reject plans to hold a so-called referendum. Active hostilities on Ukrainian territory continue. The Ukrainian armed forces continue to strike the occupiers' military concentrations and ammunition depots. On August 10th, the Ukrainian military just brilliantly hit the bridge on the Dam Kahovka hydroelectric power station. Now Russian heavy military equipment will not be able to pass through it, only passenger cars. According to Yuri Sobolevsky, the first deputy chairman of the Kherson Region Council, the occupiers are introducing a transit system so that producers of agricultural products cannot safely transport them, at least around the region. The Russians force Ukrainian farmers to transfer their business to the jurisdiction of the Russian Federation to obtain permits. Without passes, farmers cannot transport their products to the markets of Kherson and other regions. The farmer either cooperates with the occupier or is forced to stop his activities and close the business. Letters from the occupiers began to circulate in the Kherson region, calling on the residents to pay for communal services and electricity to the accounts of the fake enterprise Kherson Obolenerho, which they created. The residents of Kherson do not follow this request, but pay to their energy supply company via the Internet. The residents of the region and the residents of Kherson do not surrender. Every morning, patriotic ribbons, inscriptions and graffiti appear in the city. At night, they took down the Russian flag that the occupiers hung near the destroyed memorial to the heroes of the Heavenly Hundred. Unbelievably brave people were able to do it. After all, in Kherson, filtering measures and checks on citizens are severe. Lazurne is an urban-type seaside settlement in the Kherson region, situated 28 kilometers west of Skadovsk and 100 kilometers from Kherson. It's a large climatic recreation center with about 30 lodges and summer camps. Daria Yastrub left Lazurna many years ago to continue her education and became a successful sports journalist. She loved returning to her native township and enjoying the familiar seascape. Now her relatives are under Russian occupation and she can't talk much with them because it's dangerous. She communicates with her parents monthly through the internet because they refuse to buy Russian mobile SIM cards. The girl worries about them. She knows in what stressful conditions they live. Her parents lost their jobs and now live on the savings they had before. People there 
in occupation and my parents too already got used to life like that to the tanks to the military equipment to the soldiers like russian soldiers and um, it's really terrifying me but still it's our reality said daria the girl also tells us about the spread of russian propaganda in her native region of course her relatives don't believe it but not everyone has such critical thinking also there is propaganda everywhere in my hometown in whole kherson region russians try to share their favorite narrative ukrainians and russians are one nation we are brother and blah 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 of course many people that i know because in kherson a lot of people from my high school a lot of my friends like parents relatives of course all of them they understand that it's propaganda they don't believe because they have skill of critical thinking critical analyzing and of course it helps said daria The number of points for issuing so-called one-time financial assistance is increasing in the Kherson region. Due to this, the Russians are trying to collect data on local residents to organize a so-called referendum. An order has also been issued to bring home pensions in rubles to those who previously received funds through Ukrposhta. In this way, the occupiers also collect personal data. As Ukrainian radio reported earlier, since July 1st, Ukrposhta stopped working in the occupied Kherson region and pensioners were left without money. Pensions are accrued to them, but they can receive money only in the Ukraine-controlled territory. Today, there are 70,000 pensioners in the occupied Kherson region who receive pensions through Ukrposhta. To collect passport data, the occupiers started sending SMS to people who use a Russian mobile operator to confirm their data. Otherwise, the SIM card won't work. The occupiers offer 4000 rubles to all parents whose children will study or attend full-time kindergartens. They want to provide such assistance every month, but there are also problems with this. Very few teachers and educators cooperate with them, and most Kherson residents will not take their children to such schools. The Kherson region became special for both sides in the process of war. Russia wants to turn the region into its province, and Ukraine wants to reclaim what indeed belongs to the country. The region is extremely rich in natural and human resources, which were not fully developed before the war. Now it has become a martyr in a sense. people there are suffering from the russian occupation it is painful but the region's liberation from russians is only a matter of time slava nastya and daria believe in its liberation sooner or later kherson has always been and shall always stay a part of ukraine And that was the weekly program Ukraine Global, prepared by Viktoria Krukova, presented by Vira Kravchenko and produced by Irina Samsonova.